0: Today is June 23rd, 2021. In our first story, Russia has fired warning shots and dropped bombs near a UK Royal Naval warship, threatening them for entering what they say is their waters off of Crimea. China has announced that they will join Russia in counterattacks due to US provocation, sparking fears that we are escalating dangerously close to a major international conflict. In our next story, parents in Loudoun County at a raucous school board meeting, actually got arrested challenging a critical race theory in anger. And in our last story, Ikea served fried chicken and watermelon to commemorate Juneteenth, the end of slavery. And everyone's kind of mad about that. If you like this show, please give us a good review and leave five stars. And if you really like the show, tell your friends about it. Now, let's get into that first story. The Russian Defense Ministry has claimed to have fired warning shots on a UK naval vessel. And we also have some reporting that they were dropping bombs in the path of the UK Navy as they were entering Russian occupied waters just off of Crimea. Now, of course, Russia claims this territory as their own, saying they legally annexed Crimea, which is a small peninsula south of Ukraine, while many others in the world, especially in Ukraine, view Crimea as still part of Ukraine. There's a very complicated conflict story that goes back well before the Trump administration. And I think this story shows a lot of what we feared with the election of Joe Biden. Before Donald Trump got elected, there, was an esca- there, there, there were escalating tensions in eastern Ukraine as Russia was trying to annex certain areas of Ukraine. They want access to the Black Sea, where it's, it's basically their only warm water port. The US, NATO, Western allies opposed this. During the presidency of Donald Trump, Trump really simmered down tensions. Of course, there were some issues with firing missile strikes in Assyria, drone strikes, but we had the Abraham Accords. And it seems like under Donald Trump, we are moving closer towards peace, although there was a potential for war with China under Trump, as there still is. Now that Joe Biden is president, it's back to business as usual, and we are seeing the conflict escalate in this region. It was only a couple of weeks ago, the HMS Trent was seen moving through the Bosphorus Strait, which is through Istanbul, which enters into the Black Sea. And it seems like this could be a very serious escalation in the aggression between Western forces and Russia. I don't know for sure. But there's also now reporting concerns that Russia and China have strong military ties. The US denies this. But China and Russia are apparently threatening repercussions for US, repercussions for U.S. military aggression. And China has very much so been mocking the U.S. We saw it in the meeting that China had with Tony Blinken, where they basically said the U.S. is not strong. And now we are hearing that them saying to us, you do not have the strength to oppose us. This could be saber rattling. It could be business as usual with international conflict. But there's a very serious threat of war between the U.S. and China, and it may bring in Russia. Now, Russia isn't the same level of power as many of these other countries, or particularly China. They are very, very strong. Some refer to them as a regional power and a superpower, but China seems to be the, the real threat. So we don't know for sure whether or not Russia would team up with China in the event of an actual conflict, but it's starting to seem more and more like it is because, well, look, in my opinion, The Democrats have been doing everything in their power to alienate Russia and not see them as allies in this potential conflict with China. Perhaps that was Trump's opinion. Or maybe Trump didn't have one, but the people working with Trump felt we need to keep Russia closer so they don't go inside with China because we know they don't like China. But what do we get instead? The Russian narrative is back. uh, Vladimir Putin is the new boogeyman. And of course, the Democrats want to push that narrative. So here we go. Russia will be pushed closer towards China. China and Russia will then start communicating together and threatening uh, the United States. And then we see the very serious repercussions. If war breaks out, Russia is going to be with China and probably many other countries. And this could be bad news. Let me go through what exactly is happening, what they're saying. And I want to mention, too, the reason why I think this is significant is that we are in the crisis period in the fourth turning. Whether you agree with the theory or not, they suggest that the next now, we're in this crisis period. We should be entering some very serious war. The last crisis we had was World War II. Now, of course, in between uh, these generations, there are certain crises. But the crisis period, which we are in right now, suggests a major international conflict fought with the most powerful weapons available. So when we see things like this, can only hope it's just um, saber rattling. And there will be a de-escalation. This is serious. Reports that they fired warning shots and were dropping bombs in front of a a UK uh, Royal Naval vessel. This is serious stuff, so let's read the news. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to help support our work. Not only do you get access to our members-only area, we had an excellent exclusive segment with Steve Bannon, who's said a lot of things YouTube doesn't allow, so you definitely want to check this one out. We also have a bunch of news articles popping up in our news section. The new website will be launching in just a few weeks, and we're going to be doing paranormal mysteries and culture building as well. So if you want to support real journalism on-the-ground reporting, This is what we are building towards. That's what your membership gets you. So go to TimCast.com, sign up. But don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, and please share this video if you think the work that we do here at TimCast is good and you think people need to know what's happening. Sharing this video is the most important thing you can do because we do not have the marketing power of CNN or MSNBC or Fox News. Let's read the story from the BBC and see exactly what's going on. Who's right? Who's wrong? And how serious is this? The BBC reports HMS Defender. Russian jets and ships target British warship. Moscow's defense ministry said a patrol ship fired warning shots, and a jet dropped bombs in the path of the HMS defender as it sailed some twelve miles off Crimea's coast. The UK government rejected Russia's account of the incident and denied that any warning shots had been fired. A BBC correspondent on the warship said it was harassed by Russia's military. Now I have to say, according to this reporter, Jonathan Beale, who's on the ship, his account seems to support what Russia said, but we'll go through it. they go on to say, Aircraft could be heard overhead as the BBC's defense correspondent, Jonathan Beale filed a report from the deck of the HMS Defender in the Black Sea as it sailed to Georgia. He described hostile warnings over the radio as the warship's crew prepared for a possible confrontation. Our correspondent, who had been invited on board the ship before the incident happened, saw more than 20 aircraft overhead and two Russian Coast Guard boats, which at times were just 100 meters away. It's only 300 or so feet. This is at odds with statements from both the British Prime Minister's office and Defense Ministry, which denied any confrontation. Sorry. We got a reporter on the deck of a a, a Royal Naval vessel, and the Defense Ministry is saying, no, 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 nothing happened. I'm pretty sure they were all there, and the reporter, in my opinion, is more trustworthy. The Ministry of Defense said— No warning shots have been fired at HMS Defender. The Royal Navy ship is conducting innocent passage through Ukrainian territorial waters in accordance with international law. We believe the Russians are undertaking a gunnery exercise in the Black Sea and provided the maritime community with prior warning of the activity. No shots were directed at HMS Defender, and we do not recognize the claim that bombs were dropped in her path. What does that mean? We don't recognize that claim. Well, were bombs dropped or not? I'd like to know. They're going to say Russia annexed Crimea from Ukraine in 2014. But this has not been recognized internationally. While it claims the peninsula and its waters as Russian territory, the UK says, says HMS Defender was passing through Ukrainian waters in a commonly used and internationally recognized transit route. Russia's defense ministry said the dangerous actions of the Navy ship entering the waters were a gross violation of the UN Convention Sea Laws and called for the crew to be investigated. A later tweet from the Russian embassy in the UK said, quote, HMS defender turns HMS provocateur and violates Russian border. Not exactly a routine transit, is it? But a UK government spokesman played down any notion of a confrontation, insisting that Russia was doing gunnery exercises. As is routine, Russian vessels shadowed the ship's passage, and she was made aware of the training exercise in her wider vicinity, UK Defense Secretary Ben Wallace added. The British ambassador was summoned to the Russian foreign ministry in Moscow and met with officials on Wednesday afternoon. I'm not a big fan of Russia, but it certainly seems like their assessment is probably true and correct. Let me read for you what the journalist actually said and then revisit this, because it seems like what happened is the UK deliberately entered Russian occupied uh, waters. It doesn't matter if you recognize their claims or not. They do occupy the area. This was probably meant to send a statement that we will not recognize your claim to these waters. Do something about it. So Russia, seeing as though they claim these waters are theirs, pushed back, saying, you just invaded our space. On board the HMS Defender, a statement from Jonathan Beale, defense correspondent, saying, I am on board the warship in the Black Sea. The crew were already at action stations as they approached the southern tip of Russian occupied Crimea. Weapon systems on board, the Royal Navy destroyer had already been loaded. Oh, man, not sounding good. This would be a deliberate move to make a point to Russia. HMS Defender was going to sail within 12 miles within the within the 12 mile limit of Crimea's territorial waters. The captain insisted he was only seeking safe passage through an internationally recognized shipping lane. Two Russian Coast Guard ships that were shadowing the the Royal Navy warship tried to force it to alter its course. At one stage, one of the Russian vessels closed in to about 100 meters. Increasingly hostile warnings were issued over the radio, including one that said, if you don't change your course, I will fire. We did hear some firing in the distance, but they were believed to be well out of range. As HMS Defender sailed through the shipping lane, it was buzzed by Russian jets. The captain, Vincent Owen, said the ship detected more than 20 military aircraft nearby. Commander Owen said his mission was confident, but non-confrontational. Russia said the incident happened in the Black Sea near Cape Folent. In the south of Crimea, according to the Russian military at 1206 and 1208 local time, its border patrol ship sent warning, a warning shot to try and make the British warship change course. About 10 minutes later, a military jet dropped warning bombs in the path of the destroyer. The incident is reminiscent of a similar incident in November 2020 when Russia accused a U.S. warship of traveling two kilometers into its waters
1: in the Sea of Japan.
0: Russia's Defense Ministry said it had warned the USS John McCain that it would be rammed if it continued sailing in the territorial waters before chasing off the warship. However, the U.S. Navy said those claims were false and that its ship had not been expelled from the area. I hope this is nothing. This very well may be nothing. But Jonathan Beale also mentioned that he says the crew on the HMS Defender have been on high alert. At one stage, they did put on anti-flash masks to protect their faces just in case there was going to be an exchange of fire. They didn't think it would happen, and it did not happen. But the Russian jets have taken an interest in this, and they had warned the ship not to go into Crimean territorial waters, claiming that they are Russian waters. The Russian Coast Guard tried to do a maneuver to make sure that HMS Defender altered course. But the warship continued on down that recognized shipping lane, and we could see the coast as it was well within 12 miles of Crimea. It is now sailing in international waters, but Russian jets are still buzzing this Royal Navy warship as we proceed into the next part of the journey towards Georgia. He says this was a deliberate move by the Royal Navy warship, which is on its way to Georgia. Okay, man, I don't know if this is just going to be another blip uh, uh, or some static. Maybe it leads to nothing. We've seen similar things in the past. Hopefully that's the case, but we are seeing quite a bit. Of escalation, Russian war games, China inv- invading the, the Taiwanese air defense zone with more with more warplanes than it's ever sent, 28. And we have this story from the other day from Newsweek. China state media warns of counterattack with Russia to U.S.'s serious provocations. Of course, they've been, they, they've been staging war games. They're blaming us. And you know what? That may be the case. I'm not here to defend Russia or China. I'm not a fan. But it certainly seems like Western powers are making deliberate actions. Now, it could be that these actions are in response to other actions. But you see how this goes its tit for tat. Hopefully we don't enter what's called kinetic warfare. Newsweek reports the Global Times, a Chinese state run outlet railed against the U.S. on Tuesday, warning America that it's overestimating its strength and should tread lightly if it doesn't want to face attacks from both China and Russia. China and Russia have grown closer as their relationships with the U.S. deteriorated, raising concerns about a potential alliance. As President Joe Biden attempts to repair America's ties with Russia, China's vehemently reinforced the narrative that Beijing and Moscow are united against the U.S. Quote, China and Russia will not take the initiative in provoking the U.S. and its allies. But if they encounter new serious provocations, the two countries' counterattack will be determined and immediate, the Global Times wrote in an editorial. Biden and Russian President Putin both hailed the summit last week as being productive and a first step in an attempt to move toward a stable relationship. While the two saw eye to eye on the disaster that would be a nuclear war, they weren't on the same footing when it came to cyber attacks or Alexei Navalny, Putin's top opponent who remains imprisoned. The American president has pushed for Navalny's release, warning Putin that his death would not bode well for Russia. On Sunday, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan announced the US was preparing another package of sanctions to put on Russia. Over Navalny's poisoning, Sullivan added that the U.S. rallied its European allies to impose costs on Russia for its use of a chemical agent on the citizen, a claim Moscow denies. Russia pushed back on the forthcoming sanctions, and foreign ministry spokesman Maria Zakharova said on Telegram that Russia's always followed America's illegal actions with legitimate response. China capitalized on Sullivan's remarks on Sunday, including pressure he put on China to cooperate with additional investigations into the COVID-19 origin. The Global Times acknowledged China is the strongest country in the world, but warned it may be overestimating its hand. Quote, the U.S. cannot do anything to China and Russia, and this is the reality that the world can see and understand. It wants to unite its allies to contain China and Russia, but it is ridiculous that it thinks this will have any strategic effect. Along with launching a counterattack with Russia if the U.S. provokes the countries, China warned America that it will strike heavily. If U.S. intelligence agencies investigate the COVID-19 origin, Biden instructed the intelligence community to redouble its efforts to reach a more definitive conclusion about how the pandemic began. Initial investigations yield itself to the theory that COVID-19 originated naturally, but the intelligence community hasn't ruled out the possibility that the pandemic started in a laboratory. The lab leak hypothesis once largely dismissed as a fringe belief steeped in conspiracy, but it's gained traction in recent months. Helping fuel the theory is a report that staff members at the Wuhan Institute of Virology were hospitalized with flu-like symptoms before China reported its first case of COVID-19 to the World Health Organization. China stands firm in its denial that the Wuhan Institute of Virology could be the origin point of COVID. The G7 nations joined America's calls for a thorough probe into the origin of COVID and have been critical of Navalny's imprisonment. Now, when Biden called for that investigation— Chinese state media said that they must start mass producing nuclear weapons to send a shiver down the spine of the U.S. elites. They do not fear the U.S. elite. They do not fear the U.S. political class. They do not fear the U.S. military. And this means we may be closer to war than we've been in a very, very long time, especially when it comes to China. China doesn't fear us at all. Look what we got going on. Check this out. From the sun.co.uk, war footing, U.S. scrambles, F-22 jets, and carrier strike group to face off with Russian war games near Hawaii ahead of Putin's summit. When Vladimir Putin was meeting with Joe Biden, Russia and China pressed upon our strategic areas. Actually, I'll put it that way. Russia staged a massive war game, the largest since the Cold War, about 300 miles west of Hawaii. The U.S. scrambled jets. China sent 28 warplanes into the Taiwanese air defense zone, more than they've ever done. I believe this was sending a message to Joe Biden that they do not fear you and they are threatening you saying, look what we're going to do and what are you going to do about it? The threat against Taiwan is very serious for the West. Now, I mentioned this and uh, I've mentioned this several times today, but we had Stephen Bannon on uh, Steve Bannon on the Tim Castarrow podcast, and he said Taiwan is Silicon Valley West. If you're upset about the shortages we're seeing in electronics vehicles right now, just wait until China reclaims or takes Taiwan. Then we're not going to have our chips. There's already a major shortage, and many of them, if not most, are made in Taiwan. So this is bad news for us. If China does take the Taiwanese, uh, take Taiwan, shuts down their production or seizes control of it, then they are going to be able to rapidly expand their military capabilities and their economy at a major detriment to the United States. So, of course, the U.S. has an interest in stopping that. But it seems like we may not be able to. Now, of course, I can point out this war game that happened just west of Hawaii It's important to understand that war takes two parties. It's not just Russia saying, screw you guys, we'll do what we want. It is a back and forth with both sides asserting they are correct. Over at the AP, May 28th, they say, as Russian tensions simmer, NATO conducts massive war games. You want to talk about the warning shots in the Black Sea? Check this out. They say, aboard HMS Queen Elizabeth, as tensions with Russia simmer. Thousands of NATO troops, several warships, and dozens of aircraft are taking part in military exercises stretching across the Atlantic, through Europe, and into the Black Sea region. You see where this is going. The war games, dubbed Steadfast Defender 21, are aimed at simulating the 30-nation military organization's response to an attack on any one of its members. It will test NATO's ability to deploy troops from America and keep supply lines open. Yes, Russia staged war games, the largest since the Cold War west of Hawaii, but NATO was staging massive war games, which included our regions and areas in the Black Sea. That was probably seen by Russia as a provocation or a threat, and they responded. They're going to say, already in recent years, the US and its allies have deployed troops and equipment in Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, and Poland to try to reassure those members neighboring Russia that their partners will ride to the rescue should they come under attack. Russia's decision Last month, to send thousands of troops to the border area with Ukraine has raised concern at the military alliance, which launched one of the biggest effort defense spending initiatives after Russian troops annexed Ukraine's Crimea in 2014. Top NATO brass insist the military exercises involving some 9000 troops from 20 nations are not aimed at Russia specifically, but they focus on the Black Sea region, where Russia stands accused of blocking the free navigation of ships. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg says the exercises send an important message to any potential adversary NATO is ready. NATO is there to defend all our allies. And this exercise sends a clear message about our ability to transport a large number of troops, equipment across the Atlantic, across Europe, and to project maritime power. Stoltenberg told the AP aboard a British aircraft carrier off the coast of Portugal. The ship, the HMS Queen Elizabeth, is the pride of the British Navy. It's making its maiden voyage and carrying 18 F-35 jets, the first ever deployment of so many of the fifth generational planes aboard an aircraft carrier. The ship's presence, part of a six to seven month deployment that will take itself past India through Southeast Asia to the Philippine Sea, is aimed in part at restoring Britain's tarnished image as a major global power since it left the European Union. Adorned with high tech US jets and flanked by warships from other NATO countries, the carrier strike force also stands as an important symbol of unity as the world's biggest security organization tries to recover from four tumultuous years under the Trump administration. Stoltenberg will chair a NATO summit in Brussels on June 14th with current U.S. President Joe Biden and his counterparts keen to usher in a new era of transatlantic cooperation as troops leave its longest ever mission in Afghanistan while tensions with Russia and increasingly China mount. Now, of course, that's already since passed, but I wanted to point out What's been going on and give you some of the context so you understand why we may see a response from Russia and China. Now, I'll give you guys a, a, a quick little uh, geography lesson here. We have the Black Sea. For those that aren't familiar, you can see here we have Istanbul. In order to make these moves to the Mediterranean and get access to Georgia, to Russia, to Crimea, you have to go through the Bosphorus Strait, which is right in the, right in the middle of Istanbul. Of course, Turkey controls this. Recently, the HMS Trent was seen moving through it. Turkey could very well shut it down, but if they did, it would effectively be an act of war. Now, in the Black Sea, this is said to be Russia's only warm water port. They do have access uh, uh, through uh, Syria and uh, with Tartus into the Mediterranean. But that would require moving through Turkey and Iran into Syria for Russia itself. They need the Black Sea, which is very much like it is very likely why they came in and seized Crimea. Crimea. This is call it what you want. We're at war. Okay, Um, we, we have been at war for some time. It's just not, you know, people expect war to be ships crashing the beaches of Normandy. No, war can be cyber. It can be economic. It can be sanctions. We have this story from uh, this is from June 5th. The Royal Naval Patrol vessel in Putin's backyard, HMS Trent, is spotted in the Bosphorus after Black Sea mission to support Ukraine. These things are happening. These are all the grains of sand that will eventually be called a war. The saying goes, how many grains of sand make a heap? I say it all the time, so you maybe get it. But for those that don't, each and every one of these one of these stories is us placing another grain of sand, grain of sand in a pile. Eventually, we will look at it and say that's a war. Now, it's not too dissimilar to what we talk about in terms of U.S. Civil War. Each and every one of these incidents may be nothing on its own, but in 50 years, they may say that these were all operations in the ongoing war in the Black Sea due to Russia's seizing of Crimea. You need to think back to World War II with Germany seizing certain areas of other countries, claiming that it was historically German or that ethnic Germans lived there. At the time. Neville Chamberlain was like, they're just taking back their land. And he was demure. Peace in our time, he said, but they never stopped. Of course, we can see now with China building these artificial reefs, these atolls, these military bases, they are expanding their power into the South China Sea, into the Pacific. They're doing this because they want to take Taiwan. Here's what here's the story from Business Insider. U.S. leaders say China and Russia's military ties are phony, but there still isn't much they can do about them. Now, I've heard this, that Russia and China very much hate each other. And there is there is conflict in eastern uh, parts of Russia or the the areas where it it, it clashes with um, with China, Chinese territory. But whether or not they hate each other is less relevant as to whether or not they hate us more or they fear us more. Russia might not like China. I mean, they share borders. Russia's massive, by the way. But they can certainly agree the bigger threat to them is the US. And if that's the case, then we absolutely must remain vigilant. And and for those of you who are not paying attention, start. I don't know if there's going to be a grand international conflict. We flicker back and forth between where's the the fourth turning going to hit? Where's the great crisis going to be? Is it going to be an American civil war? Well, I'll put it this way. 80 years ago, we had a world war. 80 years before, international conflict. 80 years before that, a civil war, an internal conflict. And 80 years before that, an international conflict. Perhaps we are now set for an internal conflict, not an international one. We'll see. I think these tensions with Russia and China are very serious. And you know what's scary? is It may be both. As the U.S. is busy fighting itself internally, we may be entering a period where China sees that we are weak, vulnerable and Russia agrees. And they say if we work together, we can stop them, crush them and take power in the world. Take it away from the U.S. It is our internal conflict, which is giving up the opportunity to China to make these moves. Let me show you a few things to back this up. First, we have from Civics. Joe Biden's approval rating now stands after 65,000 responses at 47 percent disapproval to 46 percent approval. We can see that at the start of this, Biden had 48% approval. Now, of course, there are real clear politics and other aggregates have Biden at, at, at a higher approval rating. So he may be higher than this. But what I'm showing is, at least according to the ongoing polling from Civics, we can see that Biden has flipped and it's flickered back and forth. But now he's moved into disapproval territory. Okay, this is bad for us. Confidence in Biden is shaking. Not that there was very much to begin with. Biden is seen as weak by most by, by I-, I would believe most Americans, to be completely honest. I'm not sure I trust all of these polls. I think they're biased, but people voted for Donald. Uh, people voted for Joe Biden. Did I say Trump? People voted for Joe Biden. They see him as weak. They voted for Joe Biden because they, they, they don't like Donald Trump. Did I say Donald Trump before? Let me let me clarify one more time. Joe Biden is facing high disapproval and the world knows it and China knows it. And the people of America know it. Joe Biden was elected because people hated Donald Trump. But Joe Biden is not a leader. From CNN, Putin praises Biden, calling him a professional following Geneva summit. All right, that's it for me. Vladimir Putin, he's praising Joe Biden, right? He's calling him focused. That's right. Mr. Biden is a professional. And you need to be very careful when working with him so as not to miss something. Putin said during a video conference meeting with graduates from Russia's Graduate School of Public Administration. He himself does not miss a thing, I assure you. And this was absolutely clear to me. Let me say it again. He is focused. He knows what he wants to achieve and does it very skillfully. And you can instantly sense it. I'll tell you what I saw after this. Democrats saying, ha, even Putin recognizes that Joe Biden is strong and Republicans are so dumb. Seriously. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. I don't trust Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin's interests are making sure that we have a weak president like Biden. Now, that, that, that could be reaching too far. The simple solution is Putin has praised Trump. He's praising Biden and he may just be steel manning his opponent. He doesn't want to underestimate the United States and he doesn't want his allies to either because if Biden projects weakness upon the US or or I should say overconfidence, thinking that it would throw the Americans for a loop can mean the same things for his out for, for his allies. But let's play this game. Vladimir Putin can come out, say all of these great things about Biden, convince many of these Democrats they made the right choice. Aha, Putin's scared. He can then go to his allies and say, ah, it's not true. Biden's weak and you know it. We just want them to think he's strong so they vote for him again. That's right. That way, when they decide to make moves against us, there will be nothing we can do to stop it. They're going to mention and say the Russian the Russian president's praise was striking in part because Russia had tried to portray Biden as mentally unstable during the presidential campaign. ABC News reported in July that the Trump administration withheld an intelligence bulletin warning of the Russian plot to spread the misinformation. Putin was also setting a different tone than the pro-Kremlin Russian political commentators, who more commonly see Democrats as more hostile to Russia, intent on using human rights as a cudgel to sanction and vilify Moscow. Think about that for a second. Why praise Joe Biden? The Democrats say the Russians are nuts. They're bad. They're evil. And then Putin comes out and says, oh, Joe Biden's focused. He's with it because Joe Biden is weak. He would rather have the weak president that allows him the opportunity to take Crimea, to control the Black Sea, to team up with China, do whatever they want, because Joe Biden ain't got it. There's more than Joe Biden at play here. There are other people in the US government who are running, uh, running things and making decisions. So it's fair to say he's got to contend with Kamala Harris and other Democrats as well. I would not, uh, I, I, I will say this, I probably lean more towards Putin is trying to steal man right? Straw man argument being you make the weakest version of your opponent. Knock it down with ease. Steel man being you make the strongest version of your opponent. Why? I think Putin wants to make sure that his allies, his people do not underestimate the US under any circumstance. That is a weakness. When you underestimate your opponent, you fail. Not always. But Sun Tzu said it. The art of war. One of the most important things you can, you can remember is never underestimate your opponent. You, I, I'll put it this way. If you're going into battle with someone, uh, if you're going to go into, into a tournament, do you say, I don't need to ex- exercise or practice to compete against this person? No, 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 no. You double your efforts. You do the best you possibly can. You you are the strongest you can be. You want to break a record. So I certainly don't think Putin genuinely means that Biden, uh, you know, is, is all that with it. But I certainly think he's trying to project the U.S.'s strength. He wants people to see the U.S., as, uh, as strong. He doesn't want them to underestimate us. You see, China has been claiming we're weak. China said you do not have a position of strength. Putin's doing the opposite. Hey, maybe it's a good cop, bad cop, but I'll put it this way. China makes a very serious mistake in saying that we are weak, for sure. They, 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 they can potentially say that. Um, they, could, they could probably mean it. And it's bad for us in a lot of ways. They want our allies to be scared. Maybe then they say, "Okay, China will give you what you want because we know Biden won't protect us. At the same time, it's still a gamble. Just because Joe Biden may be weak doesn't mean the U.S. as a whole is. We may not be in the best position possible, but we certainly are very powerful. This will be interesting. This skirmish here in in, in the Black Sea is a major escalation. It is alarming for sure. Warning shots, bombs dropped, planes buzzing overhead. I hope it's nothing. Hopefully things simmer down and they very well may. In 2022, the Republicans may take the House back. In 2024, Trump may win again, and things may calm back down. And if that's the case, I think Trump would de-escalate tensions between Russia, but maybe not China. But if Trump does win, I can certainly see the left going insane, and then our great fourth-turning conflict could turn out to be a civil war. We'll see. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Last night in Loudoun County, parents protesting critical race theory indoctrination were singing the Star Spangled Banner as a protest song. A couple people were arrested. One man was arrested for trespassing because he refused to back down until he had his ability to speak and challenge what was happening in these schools. Last night, we also hosted Steve Bannon on the TimCast IRL podcast. The conversation was was fantastic. We talked a lot about populism, about workers' rights, about what's going on with the fourth turning in China. But a lot of the core issues in the culture war and what's happening, well, these these topics are censored. So we had them over at TimCast.com, doing the best we can to make sure the conversation still happen. But if we just come out on YouTube and say a bunch of things and get banned, what's the point? So go to TimCast.com, become a member, check it out. But uh, more to the point with this story, why I bring up Steve Bannon, is that he said we're winning the populists. He, he Steve is all about bringing left and right populists together. He's not a, he, doesn't, he doesn't like the Republicans. He doesn't like the Democrats. He said the populists are winning. You take a look at what's happening in Loudoun County, he said. Come August 15th, when the parents have to start dealing with what Fauci and these rules and what's going on in these schools, yeah, you're going to see you're, you're going to see moms snap. Now, this, was, this, was, this was interesting. Bannon said that the, the French Revolution didn't happen until the women had had enough, came out of their homes, went and dragged the French royalty through the streets. It was when they finally snapped, there was a major change. And he says, now with what's happening in these schools, you're going to see mothers, well, they're going to start snapping. Now, there's a lot of issues uh, around what's happening for sure, related to like mask wearing and things like that. But I think the real big issue here is critical race theory because they're telling children to either hate themselves or hate others. Now, look, look, look. The left will tell you they're not saying to hate anybody. We, we oppose hate. They're not going to these kids and saying, hate yourself, hate yourself there. They're saying, well, you're white, therefore you're an oppressor and you're wrong and, and what your family did is evil. And you have white privilege in all these things. Negative, negative, negative. Telling people that what they are is bad for some reason. And these are children. When I was a little kid, I remember I used to come home. And my mom would ask me what I learned in school. How many of you experienced that? You come home, what did you learn in school today? Well, for me, it was like, uh, I learned, you know, that uh, Christopher Columbus discovered America. And this is the story I tell. My mom would be like, no, Leif Erikson was here before him. Native Americans before him. But imagine... A little boy, a little girl comes home from school and the parent says in in, in one of these counties, so what did you learn in school today? And the little boy says, I learned that all white people are bad, evil oppressors. And they're going to be like, "Wait, wait, what? That's not knowledge. That's ideology. Of course, the left keeps pushing the lie, but nobody's teaching critical race theory in schools. In the most technical sense, that's true, but they are teaching the theory in uh, they are applying the theory in their teachings, so we'll put it this way what the left is arguing is that to teach critical race theory would be to read the, the musings of Kendi, D'Angelo, uh, Kimberly Crenshaw, Derek Bell, etc., etc., etc. What the right is saying is that the theory as it exists is being taught to children, it's, it's being applied as theory, right? So, when, when you teach someone evolution. You're not showing up and saying, here's the writings of Charles Darwin. What they're doing is saying, here's how evolution works. And we call that teaching evolution. They are teaching critical race theory. I just say, the easiest way to put it is they're applying the teachings of critical race theory into the the curriculum. Because it's more than just telling someone that there's white privilege or whatever. It's beyond that. What they're doing is they're creating math programs that are rooted in critical race theory. They're saying two plus two can't equal five because there is no truth but power and objective reality doesn't exist. Well, Jack Posobiec says this, and then I'll read the story. When the Star-Spangled Banner has become the dissident song, understand what part of the movie we are in. That's a really great point, And it's kind of creepy to see the protesters singing the Star-Spangled Banner. Well, here's a story from Fox News. Virginia's Loudoun County School Board silences public comment after raucous meeting and two men are arrested. Loudoun County School Board meetings have become major events in the community. I'm going to I'm going to mention something real quick. I literally live next to Loudoun County. I, I can walk there in about 10 minutes in the middle of nowhere. If I got in my car, I would be in Loudoun County in about 40 seconds. No exaggeration. That's how close I am. You know, what I'm thinking. I'm thinking maybe I take this. We have this mobile production studio we, we, we bought. We haven't built set up properly yet. It is a, it's a fifth wheel trailer. So it's like it can be expanded. We can put chairs. And the goal for this was to be able to do tours cheaper than a tour bus. Much, much cheaper. And uh, we haven't set it up yet. But I'm thinking maybe what we can do is I'll look into this. Um, it's going uh, uh, to be a task. Take the, 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 the trailer with the mobile studio set up. Go to the actual area. Because I, I live next to Loudoun County. But we're still, you know, like 20 minutes away from where all this stuff is going on. Go down there or, or a little bit more. And then uh, find some, uh, someone who's sympathetic, who's got a parking lot. We'll set up, we'll set up the, the RV and we'll do Timcast IRL live in Loudoun County near these schools. And everyone is invited. That's the plan. I'll see if I can pull it off. We would need to probably do it by like next week. But That's the idea to actually go down interview the parents, talk to people about critical race theory. Um, maybe see if we can get someone like Christopher Rufo to come down. That'd be fantastic and make it something big. You want to arrest people because they are challenging the lies and the manipulation. Nah, no, I, I won't stand for that. And a lot of people are going to come out and say, back the blue, baby. Bro, it was a guy standing in an empty room demanding that he have the right to speak because he came there and he filed and he was legally allowed to. And the cops arrested him. And one of the cops, he said, I have a First Amendment right to speak. And one one sheriff said, you do. But at this point, the meeting's over. I don't think these cops understand how the First Amendment works. When you are in a public meeting and you are peaceably assembling to express your grievances, you're allowed to do it. This wasn't a guy in a a movie theater refusing to leave. This wasn't a guy in a shopping mall saying, I'm not going to go. I'm going to speak. Well, it's private property, sir. This was a public event about the schools, about governance. And I think it was wrong for the cops to have arrested him. The cops should have said, meh, let him speak. Public event. Board members want to leave and shut things down. Too bad. This guy's got a right to do it. Nah, The cops were just like, you're under arrest because they don't care. And this is what a lot of conservatives need to understand about many of these police, at least many of the ones who remain. They don't care. They don't care about you. They don't care about your kids. They don't care about the future. They're just doing their job. I don't accept that. This is an ideological battle. So let me just say one more thing and then we'll read the story. This is huge. This may be one of the most important stories in the country right now. You know, Bannon gave me some optimism, to be completely honest. He said, we're winning. What do you think is going to happen when all these parents start having their kids go back to school and critical race theory is now the, the, the law of the land across the, the board, these, 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 these battles with the school boards are lighting up across the country and the media is desperately trying to lie and claim that no one's being taught critical race theory. Of course, there are a lot of dumb people who just believe it. It's funny that they believe it without actually doing an investigation. But liberals are less likely to have kids. So maybe that's the issue. It doesn't matter if you're a liberal or conservative. Bannon said many of these mothers... If you say Trump to them, they will spit on the floor. But when they see what's happening to their children, they get angry and they're showing up. He's right. Loudoun County, this is just outside of D.C. I mean, this is the very, very blue area. I went to the skate park in Loudoun. It's a great skate park, by the way, Catoctin. And there were people there like skateboarding, wearing masks. And I'm like, you don't even have to wear masks outside. Like, what are you doing but that's how that's how uh, uh, much they are in line with the mainstream and establishment thinking. And they're scared. That's Loudon. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's also a, a, a gun store there. It's got a lot of guns. So it's not like everyone there is like a diehard Democrat or anything like that. But it is just outside of uh, uh, D.C. So you get a lot of Democrats. These are people who are outraged and do not want their children being indoctrinated. Fox News reports The embattled school board of Virginia's Loudoun County cut off public comments during a fiery meeting Tuesday as residents traded barbs over new transgender policy proposals. The meeting followed weeks of protests from district parents who oppose some of the measures, which they have criticized as potential left-wing indoctrination and a violation of parental rights. The policies affect transgender student rights, privacy, and restroom accommodations, and would would require Loudoun County public school employees to use students' preferred names or pronouns. An official school board vote on the proposal is not expected until at least August 10th. So maybe we do that. Maybe on August 10th, we bring our mobile studio down and uh, everyone's invited. I need to have some conversations before I commit to that being absolute. But I would say me personally, I definitely want to do it and I would intend to. However, there could be some logistical uh, issues. The first thing we'll need is somebody who's near the, the school board who's got a parking lot to allow us to bring this big trailer. I want to see, every, I, I want to see, uh, uh, man, I'd love to make it a big event. I'm not talking about any kind of like, you know, raucous protest. I'm talking about, you know, maybe a big barbecue. Maybe that people will have some, uh, some, some beers or something. I don't know what the rules would be for that. Maybe we can file a, file a permit or whatever. Not that I think we need one necessarily, but make it a big event. We'll have the trailer set up. We'll invite people to hang out, we'll meet and greet, we'll have some of the parents come in and talk on the show, and then uh, we'll have, uh, uh, you know, burgers, hot dogs, all that good stuff. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? I think that's something we should, we should definitely do. I'll look into it, see what I can muster up, and uh, if you are somebody who lives in the area, I'll, I'll put out feelers in the area, because literally, like I said, it's like, it's like 40 seconds and I'm in Loudoun County, but to get to where the school board is, it's actually a bit further. So uh, I'll reach out to some people, see if I can get in touch with any of the, the, the parents and maybe we can organize something big for when this vote's going to come into, uh, when, when they're actually going to have the vote. they go on to say that it, it is, uh, the, the, the policies had become a hot button issue in the district where 259 residents signed up to speak during the public comment, comment section Tuesday and people lined up at doors early to get seats and packed the auditorium. The first half dozen speakers were in support of policy proposal 8040, but fireworks erupted when the 7th identified herself as the mother of a transgender Loudon student, was booed after saying hate was dripping from the followers of Jesus in this room. A swipe at Christian parents in the district who have argued that transgender discussions should be held at home and not in public school. The board called a five-minute recess to let things cool off. After the recess, board chair Brenda Sheridan said members had voted unanimously to end public comments if the room erupted again. The board is here to hear from everyone. We started our meeting early because we knew we would have a large crowd and we had a large agenda. We ask that you respect each other and everyone is allowed to speak. Residents approached the podium to weigh in on both sides of the transgender proposal, but others brought up several other high profile incidents in the community. Multiple parents asked the district to drop its appeal of a court order to reinstate teacher Tanner Cross, who was suspended after speaking out publicly against the proposal. They argue that fighting the judge is a waste of taxpayers money and doomed to fail. Another woman urged several board members facing a recall effort to resign and save taxpayers even more money. Others blasted a district official who allegedly made threatening internet searches on a district smartphone. Interesting. Former state Senator Dick Black, a Republican, excoriated the board over its treatment of cross and allegations that progressive community members had organized a list of their conservative neighbors to harass and publicly shame. The chamber erupted in cheers, prompting the board to vote nine to zero to end public comment for the rest of the meeting. Which led to loud chants of shame on you directed at the board and demands that members resign. The large number of conservative parents in the room began singing the Star Spangled Banner as the board members filed out. At least two people were arrested as parents cut off from speaking before the board remained in the room to deliver their prepared remarks to others in the crowd. One of them refused to leave until everyone had an opportunity to speak, and deputies told him that he would be arrested for trespassing if he refused to follow their orders to vacate the room. Hey, back the blue, right, baby? good job, officers. The first man was issued a trespassing summons and released. A Loudoun County Sheriff's Office spokesperson told, Fox News, uh, told Fox, to Fox News Tuesday evening, the second allegedly was acting disorderly and displayed aggressive behavior towards another attendee. A second adult male was acting disorderly and displayed aggressive behavior toward another attendee. Now, 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 that I understand. There, if you don't get into fights, the, the violence is wrong. And, and, I'll, and I'll throw it out to Bannon again. He said, you know, he was, he was opposed to the, to the violence. He's opposed to the January 6th stuff. He supported the January 6th commission because he's like, we're winning. This is it. They're desperate. Anybody engaging in violence is going to hurt the, the, these movements. And it's true. I've, I've been saying it over and over again. There are a lot of people who are for some reason mad about it now. Anybody who comes out and supports violence, they're a Fed. Sorry, I know they're probably not really a Fed, but I'm saying that somewhat in jest. They want to, to, to cause destruction. To the cause of liberty and freedom. This is not the 1700s anymore. Violence is bad, very bad. This is victory. Peaceful protest, proving your point, and watching parents stand up. When violence breaks out, that's when the cops shut it down. That's when the left says, "Look at all these violence," and that's when uh, all these violent individuals. And that's when you know the media will immediately use that to manipulate. So you can't do it. And I know a lot of conservatives don't like the idea. But I'll put it this way. It's an uphill battle. You are fighting uphill. They have the high ground. They have the media, the cultural institutions. You must be peaceful, persuasive, and resourceful. And I think perhaps, uh, you know, in, in, in talking with Steve Bannon, it sounds like he's saying it's inevitable because they, they, they he, what did he say? He said the Democrats have no mandate. They barely have the, the Congress, the Senate, and the presidency. They're, they're, they have these offices, but they're struggling to pass things through, and they know they're going to lose in 2022, so they're ramming things through like crazy. Think about that. What happens in 2022? Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. There's a lot of people who are saying something really funny. This is hilarious. That the Republic (laughs) I'm gonna say it. The Republicans could sweep the House and then elect Donald Trump as the Speaker of the House. Apparently it's never been done before, but it, it, it is constitutional, which would be absolutely hilarious. I wish something like that would happen. The Republicans win and they nominate Trump and then sure. But it stands to reason. With the the, the crushing defeat the Democrats faced in the House in 2020, they still hold the House, but they lost a lot, especially in what were considered to be solid blue areas. It stands to reason that 2022 is going to be overwhelming Republican, especially with these battles. The Democrats are not standing up for the working class. The Democrats are not standing up for working parents and parents are getting pissed off. So the worst possible thing in the world would be violence from the right. At this point, the right need only sit back and say, I told you so. Go out and advocate. Share stories like this. That's why I'm talking about, you know, maybe taking the mobile production studio down to this this meeting and having a barbecue of some sort to create a cultural event, have people meet, shake hands, share ideas, create that space to communicate peacefully. Oh, oh, definitely peacefully. It is incumbent upon all of these individuals in 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 the families in Loudon County to denounce, reject, and throw at anybody who would propose any kind of violence. And I'm not even talking about civil disobedience. I don't. I, if I if I if I am to come down and do the show, I would absolutely reject any protest. Let me explain. I don't want anyone blocking roads. I don't want anybody shutting down the streets. I don't want anybody waving signs. No, no, no. We're gonna have a barbecue. We're gonna show support by standing around eating burgers. Or a vegan burgers. If you're vegan, you live in the area, and just making it more of like a, a a live show, a festival. We can show that people there are peaceful, intelligent, willing to have a conversation. And I do think there are potential risks, but this is the thing we we, we got to do. We got to challenge this. We got to prove that we are right, and we have to make sure that people understand that these people, these board members, are spineless and feckless, and the woke left are indoctrinating children. There are many things that should be left for parents to teach. Now, I find this fascinating because it's reminiscent in some ways of the battle over evolution and creationism that I remember when I was, when I was younger. Not the, not the same by, by any stretch of the imag- imagination. Now, listen, evolution is scientific theory, and some people don't believe in it. It's fine. But uh, it, it is mainstream modern scientific theory that talks about the development of species. That I think is correct. Critical race theory is not science. Telling children about uh, privilege and, 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 and all of this stuff is, is ideology. Telling a, a small child that a homeless white man is privileged and an oppressor, that's ideology. That's not science. Of course, we are political scientists. and we say, Shut up, political scientists. Get out of here. We're not talking about a control group where we can look at, you know, one culture, a fungus culture and another and then apply glucose and then see the differences. We're talking about a bunch of people who believe insane things, who are rewriting history and are pushing an ideology and a fascistic moral framework. It's very different from evolution. When I hear there's a widely accepted scientific theory, hey, I'll tell you this. When I hear people say climate change, global warming, I say, okay, teach the kids about it, 100%. And I'll tell you this. If they really were teaching academic critical race theory, like they went to the kids and said, we want to show you a book by Derrick Bell, I'd be like, okay. They can show what the theory is if they're teaching it critically, objectively, meaning here we have the writings of this individual and here's what they think. It is not definitive. It is just an individual and what their claims are. I think that's fine. What's happening, though, is they're telling kids outright. They're setting policies outright about critical theory. They're telling kids not to speak to their parents, not necessarily in Latin. I don't know if they're doing this in Latin, but in many places, they're telling kids like, don't let your parents know what I told you because they're oppressors and they're evil. It literally has happened. There have been pictures and there have been families who have come out and talked about it. When there was uh, when we started doing remote learning over covid, there were there was a teacher who actually said they were scared because now the parents are going to know what they're teaching their kids and they were teaching the kids critical race theory. They were, te- they were teaching the application of, to be, to be more specific. So this is what we got to do. We, we, first of all, these cops, arresting the guy who was getting, you know, violent, he had like, he was bleeding from his mouth, whatever that was, I'm not going to blame a cop for stopping a fight. This guy who wants to stand around, they should have been like, okay, dude, stand around. Speak your mind. They arrested him. He got a summons, you know, so it, it, I think it was like, a, I guess you call it an I-bond. I don't know what they call it in Virginia. It wasn't the end of the world or anything like that but people need to stand up and speak out. And that's what's happening. I think Bannon is correct that with all of these parents coming out and especially across the country, we're talking about Virginia, which is blue, blue, blue across the board. Isn't that funny? Virginia goes totally blue in every branch. And these parents are saying enough. I think more and more parents are going to start standing up and speaking out as, as the year progresses. And Bannon's right about August. When all of these moms send their kids to school and those kids come back and start saying, mom, you're evil. I hate you. They're going to be like, wait, what? Nah, no, I'm not all about that. But it's not just about white families either. A viral video showing a black man talking about how he's like a supervisor, a medical professional. He's not oppressed and, he, and he's sick of these schools telling his children they are. Imagine this. Imagine a school teaching your children they are lesser than. Nah, I would never accept that. No, I grew up on the message of this is America. You can be what you want to be if you work hard enough. You can be the president if you work hard enough. Unlike other countries where it's hereditary monarchy or something like that. Or you got to be born into nobility and landed gentry. Not in America. America, it is all about the work you do. And that's why the American dream still exists. That's why so many people desperately want to come here. Because they know that they can succeed. But imagine a school telling someone, your child, no matter what you do, no matter what, you will always be oppressed. You will never succeed. Because of the white man. I would be livid. I have to think about these things, you know, uh, because I talk about being part Asian quite a bit, and I'll tell you why. Let me give you a real, real example. I've actually had to consider what would happen to my children if I wanted them to go to a good school. They'd be excluded. I was told when I was younger to lie and say I wasn't Asian to just say if anyone asked that I was Hispanic or something. Just tell them you're, you're, you're Mexican or something, because if you tell them you're Asian, they'll discriminate against you and they're allowed to do it. That's the world the progressive left is building. That's the world they want. That's disgusting. I should be able to say my race is irrelevant. What's funny is that a lot of conservatives feel that way—that race is not relevant; to it's merit. But the left is adamant: race is relevant, and it must be seen. And Don Lemon goes on TV and says people must see him as a black man and all that stuff. I recognize race, racial issues. I did a documentary about it several years ago. But people should be treated based on the uh, treated or judged on the content of their character the color of their skin. We'll see what happens in Loudon. I'll do some digging and see if we can muster up some kind of event. So uh, I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Get Woke, Go Broke is not just about a company that incorporates wokeness and then loses all its customers. It's also about companies that attempt to incorporate wokeness, fail, and then face serious detriment to their brand over their royal screw-up. Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you clicked this video. Ikea under fire for Juneteenth menu offering fried chicken and watermelon.
1: Wow!
0: Talk about stupid. Okay. There's nothing inherently wrong with watermelon or fried chicken. They're both extremely popular and delicious food items. Watermelon's fantastic. Did you know you can take a watermelon slice? Do you slice it? Take the seeds out, you put it in a fridge overnight with a paper towel on it, you take it out, you put it in the oven, you bake it, and it has the consistency of like a fish fillet. It's amazing for uh, vegan cooking, by the way. Uh, anyway, I digress. Juneteenth, of course, as you know, is the newly federally recognized holiday celebrating the final day, the, the last day there was slavery in the US. You see, a lot of people seem to think that slavery ended with the Civil War. Not true. It was two years after the Emancipation Proclamation, I could be wrong with this, that there were people in Texas still holding slaves. The union sent, sent down, I think, uh, sheriffs or, or no, 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 I'm sorry, marshals, and then shut it down. And this was the day it finally ended. And for the longest time, black people in the United States have celebrated this holiday. I think it's a wonderful holiday. I think it represents the freedom that uh, this country was always supposed to represent, but didn't for the first 80 or so years. And I think it represents all of the great people who sacrificed their lives to end the moral abomination that was slavery. We have greatly improved. So I'm a big fan. I am a fan, actually. I've seen some people be critical of of Juneteenth. I I think it's fantastic. What I don't like is, you know, they got the big communist fist flopping around. Sure, the red salute, not a fan of that. But the idea that we could celebrate our independence from uh, from the crown, 1776. But then the idea that we had this uh, awakening and this hard fought battle to end slavery, truly recognizing the freedom of the individual, I think is also incredible. Well, IKEA was trying to honor this holiday that commemorates the end of slavery and the birth of true freedom. Not perfectly, but I should say the birth of freedom for many individuals. And uh, they went full stereotype. They didn't understand. And so now we have this wacky story. But I want to point something out, right? See, see, this segment isn't just about the silliness that is IKEA serving fried chicken and watermelon. It's also about where we're going based on critical race theory and what it's doing to this country. IKEA did this because they were trying to be woke. But we're now we're hearing a Stanford professor is being slammed as racist for, you know, singing. The, uh, what, what did he do? He he's, he's saluted the flag or something. We're seeing parents in Loudoun County, I covered this a moment ago, protesting by singing the national anthem. It's kind of creepy when the people who support this country and freedom are considered the bad guys. It's truly, truly strange. And I want to show you a video. It's actually kind of old, but it's resurfaced. I I want to show you it's a cult. I've got proof. I've got video evidence. And to a lot of people who don't understand this, who don't understand critical race theory, the application of this theory, and the indoctrination of it because you've never actually witnessed what these people do, you need to see this. So please consider sharing this video. Go to TimCast.com. Become members to help support our journalism as we expand this company. Let's read this story from the Huffington Post. See what happened. Ikea under fire for Juneteenth menu offering fried chicken and watermelon. They say the Atlanta branch of the European furniture giant reportedly emailed staff Friday about its plan to commemorate the annual holiday, which marks the long-delayed arrival of news about enslaved people's emancipation in Texas in 1865. The lunch menu included items like fried chicken, watermelon, mac and cheese, and collard greens, employees told CBS 46. Roughly 20 employees walked off the job to protest the menu. (laughs) Oh, no. An IKEA spokesperson said in a statement to the Independent, if it were me, I don't know if I'd walk off. I'd probably just bust out laughing. I'm not not laughing at the plight of the individual. I'm laughing at the stupidity of this corporation trying to get woke and going broke. I want to say something, though. I I want to pause. I don't like the idea of people not you know, not wanting to eat fried chicken or watermelon because of some kind of racist connotation. Don't let racists take away things that are wonderful. Everybody loves fried chicken. Sure, it's a stereotype uh, uh, about black people, but it's stupid because literally everybody, okay, figuratively everybody, there are a lot of people who don't eat meat, for sure, vegans, and there are a lot of people who probably don't like chicken. Let's tell you this, I love fried chicken. It is amazing with all them little herbs and spices, and I- I'm not black. I think it's a stupid stereotype to assume that it has anything to do with race, that people like fried chicken. Dude, everybody loves fried chicken. And I'm pretty sure fried chicken was invented in Scotland. It's a dumb racial stereotype that is not true. So that's what I'd say right there. IKEA shouldn't be serving it because it's stupid and not true. That being said, you know, uh, I, I fried chicken's great. Watermelon too. I love watermelon i it's a bummer that there are people who don't want to eat these wonderful things because of racists. Don't let the racists take away great food. Now, imagine this. What if they replaced it with like, you know, instead of fried chicken, you got uh, asparagus and instead of watermelon, you got honeydew. Yeah, you'd be like, come on. You know, we like our fried chicken and watermelon. I, 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 I can't stand it. I don't, I don't like the idea that we give racists the power to take these things from us. Screw the racists. Ignore the lies, the stereotypes. Be yourself and like what you like. Don't care about what other people say. So I'll tell you this. I think it's really bad and stupid that IKEA did serve fried chicken and watermelon because I don't, it's, well, l- let me read and show you what they say. Here's a quote. To honor the day, a lunch menu was created with the best intentions, including recommendations from black co-workers. We got it wrong and we sincerely apologize. Several anonymous employees told CBS 46 the menu was racially insensitive and ignorant. Quote, you cannot say serving watermelon on Juneteenth is a soul food menu when you don't even know the history. They used to feed slaves watermelon during slave time, one worker told the station. It caused a lot of people to be upset. People actually wanted to quit. People weren't coming back to work. Look, man, if you work at a company, and you don't like what the company does. You have every right to quit. So in this regard, uh, I got I got no issue. These people want to walk off the job. they're, They're allowed to do it. I think conservatives should learn a very important lesson about this. How many cops are willing to walk off the job when their cities get woke and come after them? Very few. I mean, don't get me wrong. A lot of cops have quit, but most cops are staying on board. Look at this. They serve chicken and watermelon and people walk off the job. The right in the, the the culture war right needs to figure this out and learn how to how uh, how 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 to, how to, how to, how to uh, combat these things. They're going to say staff members also accused IKEA of creating the menu without consulting any black employees, though the uh, retailer claims it did get recommendations from some black staff. Following the backlash, the store manager issued an apology and revised the menu. However, employees charged the original dishes were still available the day after the holiday. Quote, they just delayed the menu by a day. <laughs> yes. Ever the uh, capitalist IKEA. They don't want to throw away fried chicken and watermelon. It's going to waste food. So you know what they do? They say, OK, today we'll just do mac and cheese, I guess. Tomorrow we'll do fried chicken and watermelon. <laughs> Dude, they don't want to waste money. Thinking that everyone was upset by the Juneteenth menu, uh, thinking that everyone who was upset by the Juneteenth menu stayed home on Juneteenth and wouldn't notice, which just added insult to injury. The revised Juneteenth menu reportedly included collard greens, cornbread, mashed potatoes, and meatloaf. The IKEA spokesperson said the chain would work to ensure the holiday was commemorated more thoughtfully next time. We value our co voices, blah, 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 blah. We are committed to educating ourselves, blah, 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 blah. Look, I think it's fine if they want to do a Juneteenth celebration. It's a, a new federal holiday. I don't think, I think a lot of people don't know what to do on Juneteenth. I saw a lot of people having barbecues. I love the idea that we get like within three weeks or so, we get to have two summer barbecue holidays. It's fantastic. Um, I love the idea of cel- celebrating freedom and recognizing that we've overcome uh, hor- horrible things. You know what I mean? Like like we want to we talk about independence and freedom with the Declaration of Independence, but... There were still slaves in this country. It was through a lot of hard work and through the ideas of the, the classical liberal ideas of many of the founding fathers that we ultimately came to end slavery. Now, now, now I, I got to point something out, too, is before we move on, what I'll need to understand about slavery is that it wasn't necessarily this great ideological revolution that many people would like to claim it as. though certainly for many people it was. You know, this, this realizing you can't keep people. That's insane. It's, you know, we grew up in a world where we realized that, but many people didn't. It was the norm of the day. But it was actually the Industrial Revolution that 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 led to the, the end of slavery. Once it was easier to have a machine do the work, there was less support. The reality is there are moral issues in society that are propped up based on whether or not someone's life will be easy, whether they will get access to money or otherwise. So you think that was bad back then? Let me tell you something right now. The people who work in China producing the goods for Americans, they're effectively slaves. I say effectively because, you know, on paper, they'll claim it's not, but they are. It's interesting. We talked with Steve Bannon about this the other day, TimCast IRL podcast. Go check it out and check out the bonus segment at TimCast.com. But he was saying the same thing, basically. People in America today, especially these liberals, are, are, are living lives of luxury off the backs of slaves. But this time they can't see them. They never ended it. And when you get people like Hillary Clinton, the Obama administration, and they go bomb Libya, that re- reopened, it reignited the, the North African slave trade. It's horrifying. So I do some things here, uh, you know, personally, because I try to avoid the fact that we still have slave labor in other countries that the Americans certainly exploit. I I don't mean just Americans, you know, basically everybody does. Uh, I don't like Apple products, but the reality is even I think many other companies use the products that come out of Foxconn. So it's very, very difficult. But I am absolutely a big fan of buying American made goods. The problem, they're hard to find. I would much rather buy American-made goods than foreign slave labor-made goods. Absolutely. Because when you spend a little bit more to buy a t-shirt or a hat or some kind of device that was manufactured from the dirt to your hand by an American, you are making America better. That's what Steve was saying. He was like, so what? So things cost a little bit more. That's not the end of the world. He's right. I would rather pay double for a cheeseburger, if I knew it was for people in this country and the hard work they were doing. But a lot of the stuff, you got to understand, we import a lot of food. Uh, We do. That's mostly about hard goods, medicine, and things like that. I would gladly work harder and pay more to support my country and my community. It's difficult, though. Everyone's always trying to find a way to reduce their, uh, their, their expenditures, spend more on the things they want. So that means that a lot of our manufacturing goods come from China and it's made by cheap slave labor that, well, we get to live well and we get to have cheap phones because of it. So anyway, I digress on that on that point, at least this is what happens when you get woke and don't know what you're doing. But this is where we're going. Take a look at this story from the Daily Mail. Stanford professor Joel Peterson reveals student called him racist for standing for the flag. And another said white people. I can't even read that. I I, I can't even read what he said. It's a, it's, it's a Stanford University professor saying that someone called for uh, white people to just uh, say, let's just say, be removed. It's, it's, this is insane. And IKEA plays into it. They deserve what they get, mind you. But this is, this is terrifyingly insane. Now, look, this is one guy talking about one student. I don't want to pretend like it's the end of the world, but this is all indicative of what this critical race theory stuff is bringing about. It is a cult, it is psychotic, it is insane. Let me show you something from Not the Bee. That's right. This is NotTheBee.com. Let me see if I can. Uh, I'll turn on some audio here. Is critical race theory a cult? This video makes me feel like critical race theory is a cult. And they have this post. It's actually a really old video. I've posted it on Instagram before, but I want to play it for you right now. And you need to see this. This is from a tweet from Leo Curse, who said, Wokeism is a new religion. Here's footage from one of their church services. About racism, anti-blackness, or violence. And I will use my voice in the most uplifting way possible and do everything in my power to educate my community. I, do in my
1: power to my community.
0: I will love my black neighbors the same as my white ones.
1: I will love my black the same as my- Amazing.
0: Amazing. The one part of that. We, so, so, so for those that are just listening, listening on the podcast, I'll explain. It looks to be a few thousand people all sitting down with their hands in the air, mindlessly chanting in repetition what a speaker tells them to say. This is an indoctrination technique. It is it is a cult building technique. I am not joking. And it is reminiscent of many religions. Religions are a little bit different, um, but very similar. Now, what caught me, uh, what, what, what I caught here that was really interesting is how they say, I will educate my neighbors. They're telling these people to go preach. Look at this one. They say, uh, is it just me or are the people in this video emitting super strong Jonestown vibes? Not the B says, also, quick question, do they serve Kool-Aid before or after the prayer? In all seriousness, though, this is one of the strangest things I've seen in a while. And I'm willing to bet that only like four people in the entire group found the experience a little weird because it seems like most of them are super into it. It's funny because left wing people always talk about the cult of Trump. Which is, definite, uh, which is definitely there to an extent. But I bet those same people would look at a video like this and be like, oh, that's fine. Totally normal. Nothing to worry about. They're just trying to be less racist. Let me tell you, for those that are not uh, initiated, who not don't pay attention, I mean, I mean like politically initiated, people who don't pay attention to politics, the QAnon faction, the Trump cultist types, few and far between. I mean, there's, there's a decent amount. But most of Trump's supporters are regular Americans. Look at the Loudoun County uh, parents. As Bannon said the other day, these these are mothers who will spit in the ground if you say the word Trump. Some of these people are Trump supporters, but they are far from cultists. The media does this; they lie and they say that Trump supporters are the cultists. They have to; they have to deflect. There are people who genuinely do not pay attention. They, They they don't care. They don't know. They don't care. They just want to be on the right side of history, and because they don't pay attention, what happens is. The, the, the deceptive woke establishment elite types lie to them. Tell them, no, 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 it's the Republicans who are suppressing the vote. No, 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 no. It's the Republicans who are doing all these dirty things. Sure, Republicans are bad. Republicans mostly don't do anything. This voter suppression stuff they're talking about. Democrats are making a demand for, for, for changes to the vote, voting system. And Republicans said no. They're now saying Republicans are suppressing the vote. Republicans didn't even ask for anything. What are they even for? What do they even fight for? Don't get me started on Republicans. Democrats, however, are the establishment elite, and it's only because Trump came into the Republican Party and the populists started rising up that the left, the Democrats, actually are upset with the Republicans because for the longest time it was the uniparty. They were the same thing. It was pointless, it was stupid, and we all knew it.
1: Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell.
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com.
1: Play for free right
0: now. Are you feeling lucky? No proof is necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No matter who got elected, it was going to be the same policies, the same foreign policy, but now something else is changing. Something that's substantially worse, and it makes it, makes it difficult to uh, navigate this, this political arena. I wonder if the biggest problem we face truly is wokeism and the cult and all this stuff. I certainly think it's bad. I wonder how much it's just meant to create a divide between left and right so that there are constant battles in the political space. You then get a bunch of young people with no experience dealing with politics who enter the fray on the side of the left, and the people who are older and more experienced, and not everybody who have paid attention to the news, who experienced Occupy Wall Street find themselves being called the right. And, oh, the power just fluctuated. Well, seems to be fine, I suppose. Just so you know, for those that are listening, I have backup batteries on everything, so uh, the computer didn't just shut off. But I think we're good. Anyway, I kind of lost my train of thought. The point is, we have this woke cult, and they are racial, racial identitarians. They have ideological views And I wonder if these divisions were sowed into our political space to make it impossible for left and right populists to come together and say, here are the things we don't like. We don't like the elites ripping us off. We don't like them stealing from us. We don't like how the hedge funds are ripping everybody off. You know, we, we, we don't like the dirty games they play to rob us, take away our hard work and keep us down. They want a permanent aristocracy, an elite class of landed gentry. They don't want millennials buying homes. I'm sick of it. Now, here's the problem. You look at some of these leftists who should agree with, with, the pop, with the right-wing populists, and they're too busy defending critical race theory for some stupid tribal reason. How do we get past that? I don't know, man. I won't support racial identitarianism. And therein lies the, the big problem that keeps the people divided. I think racial identitarian, identitarianism is bad, and I think we should fight for um, economic liberty, the right of the individual to be free in their person, to, to protect their families, to, to work hard, to earn, to gain. But too many of these young DSA types have just been indoctrinated into wokeness through these cult-like practices. And maybe that's exactly uh, what they wanted. It's exactly uh, why it's, it's happening. It's exactly why the corporations are supporting it. Because during Occupy Wall Street, there was actually a brief moment where left and the right agreed. Unfortunately, what happened was... No one from the right, I guess, took it seriously enough and wanted to go down and actually speak to these people. There were a lot of libertarians there and there were some conservatives there. But because there was no conservative leadership, the left just walked in and took over Occupy. It could have easily been a populist movement where everyone agreed, screw the big banks and screw the system. But without proper leadership and balance, it was wokeness and the establishment that took over. And then all of a sudden it became about race. No longer were we talking about banks. They were like, no, no, no. Race is the problem. Yep. These people came in and they screwed it all up. And now what's happening As the corporations try to maintain this uh, mirage. They end up doing things like serving, you know, fried chicken and watermelon, just pissing everybody off because let's be honest. I mean, it is a stupid stereotype. It was dumb of Ikea. But in the end, there is no way out of this. IKEA, there's nothing you can do. Once they're mad at you and they want to be mad at you, they will come after you and they will demand you give up power to them. So what? IKEA deserves it. You want to play these games. This is what happens. We need to make sure we're speaking out against cult-like behavior. That we're not sitting here pretending like black holes in space are racist. Woo! Race and the cosmos. They're saying birds are racist now. Oh, shut up. You see, here's what they do. They say... Many of these species were named for white men. Yeah, we name species based on Latin. So what? You know, we, we use Arabic numerals. Is, is, that, uh, is, is using Roman numerals Islamophobic? Shut up. We, we, we share culture from one culture to another. It, it translates. It exists. It carries on. Calling birds racist. Calling black holes racist. Oh, geez. It's called a black hole because light doesn't escape. But here we go. You may be familiar with the card game Magic the Gathering. I used to be a big fan of it. The company actually banned some of the cards because there's a they're, they're, the way Magic the Gathering works is there's five magic types. There's like white magic, there's black magic, there's blue, green, and red. And they said, well, you know, saying black is racist, so they banned a bunch of cards from the game. That's insane. The idea of white magic and black magic has to do with the night and the day, not with the color of people's skin. During the night, it is dark. It is scary. There's monsters. There's bears. During the day, it is warm and comforting. You can see. That's where these tropes come from. But these, these lunatics are making it about a race. Well, you know what? You reap what you sow, Ikea. That's on you. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.